0: Yes.
1: Afternoon, everybody, getting out live on the Middleman Radio. This is the Middleman Talk Show, and I'm Alan. And this is Kevin. And this is Nick. It kind of threw you off a little bit, didn't it? It's just the three Musketeers today, <laughs> man. You know, it's just us. Maybe our lovely queen will be, be here after a while. I am sure we will be. Yeah i though. I hope everything I all right though. Place, though. Ain't nothing wrong with that. That's where the <laughs> birds be boo booing at. Wasn't it? <laughs> you gone like really? I <laughs> <laughs> thought we doing. Uh, I said that's where those birds boo boo at a lot. Remember when uh, you used to shine your truck in the same parking the space there? Oh, no. man. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cleaning your rims out and all that good stuff. Right. Right. You got to hate yeah. that. You got to hate dirty. that, just man. Saying. That's just saying. Just saying, brother. What's going on, man? What's going down? A lot going on in America, man. A lot going on in this on this planet, man.
0: It is. We, we oh, seeing something, it is.
1: something special. Hey, listen, what we're seeing is we're seeing what I feel is a slow awakening of Mm -hmm. members of the majority community. And I have to give a big shout out. Yesterday in Gulfport, there was a very, very peaceful protest um, of which members of the community and the police were involved. Right. Right. Somebody, seemingly somebody, tried to, you know, sow the seeds of, uh, of, of something a little bit more uh, non peaceful, but they attended to it, they took care of it, and we always call them out when they're wrong, so I feel like we got to give them props when they, when they do great. So shout out to Gulfport Police Department, you know, for handling that situation and for standing in solidarity with the protesters. So, I will say that the rest of this country could probably take a lesson from Gulfport, Mississippi's police department. Because they were a great example yesterday. Well, some of these other people in other places ain't acting right. But that's what they need to see. Like, they need to see stories like that. Because you can still come out and be in solidarity as well. Or, if you do not, you don't have to be in a non-threatening position To allow me to speak my voice Right if we're protesting peacefully Like you don't have to send The police to block off a certain Area with riot gear Now they can be in front of the businesses If you are you know scared About your business or whatever you know post them Along that way post them along the routes Of you know where people will Be you know marching and protesting instead Of antagonizing or making It seem like we're here to um, You know Inflict fear or control. Because that's what I see well, when I see well, the videos know, or the pictures. So, yeah. You know, that's their job, though, Al. That's their job. I I, I mean, it, that, that, that's the image. But there's still other ways to do it, though. There are ways to do it. Well, I agree. I agree. But you know, ever since our police departments have been, been militarized and they train right. with, uh, what was that, uh, yes. Jewish people, uh, Israel, they've been straight monkeys. Acting did y'all see the that, old man that got pushed down? What was that in Buffalo? I did. Yeah. That hurt my heart, nah, man. Buffalo, New York. That yeah. hurt my heart, man. Well, I think what hurt my heart even I, more is the fact that the 57 officers of the emergency response team uh, resigned their post in support of the two of officers, officers who I suspended mm-hmm. for pushing that man down. I think that right. hurt my heart more than anything. It is important yeah. to note that that even though they resigned the emergency response team, they are still active policemen. They are just resigning their folks from the emergency response team. So think about that. All of our citizens of Buffalo who are listening in, those people who decided to stand with their brothers in blue who were clearly wrong are still active police patrolling where it is that you live. So please, you know, proceed with caution. That's the best way I can say. Right. If you're listening live to the Man Talk Show and you want to get in on this conversation, the number to dial in is 516-387-1542. That's 516-387-1542. Press the number one on your phone. We'll definitely get to you in the host queue. My bad. Kevin, go ahead, sir. No, I was just going to say, man, my thing is, man, for them guys to just walk out and quit, like you said, Nick, it's peace volume. I mean, it's it's like gang members, man. You know what I'm saying? They ain't going to turn their back on their homies gang members. Matter of fact, we did a show like that a while ago, too, about the police department. And they definitely acting like gang members right now. Hmm. Not all. One no, thing no, also, you know, well, not all of them. I'm not going to indict the whole police department because I don't <laughs> right, have friends. Right, like I'm just saying, let, let, let's clarify, yeah. not all police are acting like gang members. There are a few because it's like saying all black people are criminals. That's not Correct. true. So my statement, I right. I rescind. But I do say <laughs> some police are acting like gang members. Right. One other thing I would true. like to say um, to to everybody that listened to our show last week, we do appreciate you. Um, I know this week we did put out that we we're going to do a show on home ownership. We're definitely still putting that show together. So please make sure you uh, join us on Facebook on our on our fan page, our Middleman Talk Show page and uh we're going to have that information up soon we just want to make sure we have the right people on the show for you guys with the right information so you know right now there's a lot going on as we stated earlier when we started the show but we're going to get past this and we're going to get back to what we need to be doing with some of the things we're talking about today with prosperity my bad now go ahead well well i wanted to just touch on one other thing as well um if we have a few more seconds for hot topics um so I want to talk about Roger Goodell's apology and also Drew Breeze. all right? Um, my thoughts, I ain't taking not one word, okay? Um, you missed several opportunities, and this is the NFL, right? You, you missed several opportunities to have some type of plans in place or some type of message or whatever. But now you are saying that, you know, um, you know, we apologize. You know, we misunderstood. Now we understand. What do you mean? Same thing with uh, Drew Brees. Like, how did how did you not know what you know? Your fellow um, gridiron player, C- Colin Kaepernick, uh, was kneeling about. Like he clearly stated. People clearly stated. It was clearly stated. He in the- knew. He knew exactly. how. here's the thing about it let's 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 take a veil off of it this is why i say let's go you know, uh, i get some i get some slack on it but this is just true it's time for us to stop talking to some white people about racism it is. i am tired of trying to explain to people where it's clearly been explained over and over again and it's like a good friend of mine said yesterday when we sat down in my living room and talked he said, "You know what? There are some people that are just being contrarian, just for the sake of it. And when hmm. you have a situation like that, there's no reason for us. To there's no reason for us to talk anymore. I can deal with someone being ignorant to something. I cannot deal with willful ignorance. I will not deal with willful ignorance. And that kind of energy can be used in other spaces. Google
0: that is correct.
1: You, just like the just like the rest of the NFL news. And now because it's popular." You know, to stand on cast side. Now everybody's coming back in there hindsight is twenty twenty. It's just like a, a friend mm-hmm. of mine in Texas posted on her page the other day. She posted a meme right. where somebody was in a protest and a, a white guy was posting a sign, and it said, uh, "If you ever wonder what you would do during the civil rights movement, you're doing it right now." So, and, mm. and that's just that's what it is. <laughs> I don't know any other way to say it. <laughs> wow. wow, I like that. That is true, man. That is true. Hmm. Uh, Man. Kevin, you got any thoughts, man? I mean, I I know you are um, a Dolphins fan, but, you know, what are your thoughts? Well, I uh, mean, like Steve Ross, Steve Ross is a big supporter of uh, Donald Trump, and I'm like, man, I ain't really Mm -hmm. studying that dude. I like my team (laughs) because I like my team. Right. Uh, Yeah. And on the back end of Drew Brees, you know, just. If you say something out of your mouth like like Nick, you know, alluded to, man, you, you know everything you meant when you first said. It. If I tell somebody I don't like this or I am this or this, that, that, that that's you, what you mean. It, that's premeditated. That's what, yep, mean. that's what you mean. You already knew what yep. you was gonna say. Yeah. You knew what you were gonna say. And, and that's I how I mean you feel. right now we have to be very careful with social media and we have to be careful with right. media. Because they are changing the narrative of how things are going And, like, right now, we have to be very careful of how they're approaching um, the people in white America. i am just be real with you. Because you bag somebody in a corner and they already, you know, you got some that are mentally unstable, they can take this stuff and turn it to a whole other level of issues real quick. Mm -hmm. So that's just my Mm -hmm. thought on that. Well, um, I mean, speaking to, you know, today's show, Black Prosperity. It's time to get what ours. We need ours. Substance over the fluff. Right? We need that. So some of the things in which we're going to talk about today, like how can we tackle the financial disparities in the African-American and or and people of color communities? How can we tackle that? What can we do? Um, how can we ensure that the proper uh, people that we are elected are the ones in which we're going to support our agendas? How can we get those proper people in those... In those positions uh, What are some of the resources we can own To help increase our wealth Regarding black ownership How can some? How can we get more of the resources Amongst ourselves as well um, Like how can we keep it flowing And what do we need to do to ensure That our money That we are accumulating in our community Is recycling back into Our own hands Into our own businesses And is this possible for every state And also too in the grand scheme of things, are our people willing to participate in this endeavor? Because the time is now. Like, the time is now to start. Like, we, we really need to be putting plans in place things in which we want to see um, in our communities. Uh, we need to tackle these things. So on with our first question. What are some of the ways in which we can tackle the financial disparities amongst us? What are some of your thoughts? What are some of your ideas? The biggest thing is, Nick is always preaching this. We have to learn financial literacy. Literacy. If we don't Mm -hmm. learn it, we will always be behind on everything that we do because in this country the dollar is king, regardless if you circulate Mm. it, hold it, or either just don't have it. That's the difference between the king and the pauper. It's yeah. It's everything. It's everything. Uh, yeah, I don't know any other way to say it. Listen, we've been talking about this for 12 years on the show at this point. Um, and it's one of those things where oh, I could go into great detail, but the reality is it's just that. Please go back and listen to the show. We have to learn yes. financial literacy. We have to learn financial discipline and responsibility. There are a myriad of ways to do it. There are a myriad of, uh, of specialists, black and other uh, other races as well, who teach those things. And I say it all the time. Um, Google is a wonderful tool. <laughs> you know, Google is a wonderful tool. Look them up. Yeah. There are people mm-hmm. that you can search online. There are people that you can right. uh, search online. Uh, you know, in your local area, or you can just even look in YouTube, find tricks and trades and learn them. I, I don't know any other way to say it. If we've talked about it for years. You have to take the action. You absolutely have to take the action. Well, right. And that's, you know, understanding financial literacy in in general, you know, you definitely want to understand it. Well, have a good understanding of, of money understanding how to save it and understanding how, how to grow it uh, and being um, mindful of how you spend your money. And so like you definitely want to have all of those particular aspects as well too, because I know that, you know, like we all want things, right? We all purchase a lot of things in which, you know, we look back at it because it's still sitting here five months later and we haven't used it. Right. Is that, is that a part yeah. of it too? Right. You know, guys, like, is that something we need to fix on that particular standpoint? Because like we all shop, or are we shopping the correct way? Could that help? Um, when you say the correct way, I mean, you y'all know me. Like at one point in time, you can call me a miser. You know, I'm cheap on certain things, but what I want, I will splurge and spend my money on. Um, from a financial standpoint, you do have to you have to assess where you are financially before you even look at shopping. Because if my bills ain't paid, I ain't spending no money, number right. one. Number two, if I don't have the monies to put back and save, that's really more so I want to make sure that I pay my bills, save my, have something to save, something to invest. So a lot of times I think we will put ourselves in a situation where we don't invest money uh, because we think we can't do it. But when you look right. at the totality of a month, you go out, you spend money on breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Equate all that money up. Look at the cigarettes you spend. Look at the liquor you may buy. Look at all the things that you buy and take into account of it. And once you put all that together, take some of those things away so you can invest. Uh, a hmm. good friend of ours, Marco Jones, shout out to him, man, because he is the main reason why we're doing this show today. Um, he's been posting up some links on Facebook. If you're not following Marco Jones, follow this guy. He's been posting up where you can day trade, basically buy stocks, sell them, buy them low, sell them high. Get in and get out. Get your money. I know it's a very risky situation in certain aspects, but he's right. going step by step, showing people how to follow along with him to gain money. Now, you may not have a lot of money to play with, but, uh, you know, Nick, you know, how much money does it really take to get into the stock market? 20 bucks, you will get. It's, 25 it's bucks, you right. get. It's, it's, it's easier than ever. You know, I, I think about just over the last, what three days i'm, I'm not going to give you my mm. exact numbers but you know just between myself just a yeah. exchange between myself <laughs> my wife yeah. my best friend and his wife right we all it made uh increases in our shares and our profit uh just trading on Robinhood. you know what i mean like it, mm. it it's yes, not sir. like it was it, it's not like it was years ago, and I, I was just telling a friend of mine about to see the other day. I kind of kicked myself because when I was a kid, my dad tried to teach me the stock market. But you know, this mm. was back in the day when you were t- when you were watching it on TV and you're seeing the little bars go by, and then you know you could you right. had to have it a broker and called a broker. Yeah, yeah you know, mm-hmm. I think it. <laughs> you know, so, but now just seeing it and gaining that interest right. in it, mm-hmm. and, and just like Kev said, it, it's easier than ever. Look. Take one of those days where you guys have been ordering Uber Eats and that $30, because it, it takes to get to one meal, because you know how expensive it is, take that $30 and start trading. Again, there are resources out there, just like Ken said. Right. There are resources all over that can show you just how to get started, you know. So, and in terms of how we shop, listen, African Americans are the number one consumers in the country. All right. right? You want to know one of the easiest ways to get started? And and I will call it an endorsement call or whatever you want, but I really and truly appreciate this website, webyblack.com. We by Black, yep. if you are, mm-hmm. yeah, If you are already shopping on Amazon or eBay or Etsy or any of these other platforms, I guarantee you that 60% of the things that you're looking for on those platforms are also on we buy black. I mean, they've got black on. Toothbrush companies, uh, light white bulb, soap, detergent, you know, Everything. mouthwash, band-aid, it, right. it, you know, all these things, underwear, all these stuff all the stuff that you're already going to your are buying anyway, just make a mm-hmm. conscious effort to mm-hmm. buy black. You know? Yeah. Even if you only do this yeah. once a month. You know, right. just think about what that kind of change. If if black consumers just once a month made a concerted effort to purchase from our own people. Think about how you can change. Think think about that. Think about how that five, ten, twenty dollars may change when it's coming from thirteen percent of the population. Once a month. Mm-hmm. That thing, that that is what you would call game changer. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. That's yes, true. Um um, I don't know if you all uh, saw this earlier this week But um, speaking You know as far as uh, Distribution of wealth Right so Robert Johnson You know the founder of BT, You know spoke earlier this week on Fox News about uh, And uh, CSNBC About um, reparations And he proposed the number 14 trillion dollars So out of that 14 trillion dollars uh, When I went to The US Senate just to see Just to see right Um, Of course, we're still listed as 13% of the population, which I don't understand that particular number, Um, which could be due to lack of, you know, filling out the census or maybe those numbers. I don't know. (laughs) So in reference to that number, right, he proposed that um, every um, descendant of a slave could receive three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Direct cash payment over the next ten to twenty years. Now that is that just, just three hundred fifty thousand dollars. If I'm looking at it per person, not fourteen trillion, but that's from that fourteen trillion. So from that, the the census, we have three hundred thirty million people in the United States. Black people are only we're the number that I calculated is only forty four million black people in the United States.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so with that number. Fourteen trillion, the three hundred, you know, sixty k. Would that suffice? I mean, what is that? Is that what people are looking for when we are discussing the word reparations? Is that all we're looking for? Is just the money? Well, the education part is a factor. I know. Yeah, I'm just saying the education part is a factor. Um, it harkens back to the to the Dave Chappelle show. Mm-hmm. Some of yeah. our people ain't gonna do okay. right they they're they gonna be out there like trying buying cigarette trucks and everything else right but I think if that's if, if if we are allotted to get that amount of money we should have to go through a course to teach us and that should be a part of the reparation education not just financial education but education period mm-hmm. um and, and it should be mandatory for I ain't gonna say all these wrong people out here but for our children. To be able to go to any HBCU that they choose, we want to target the schools. We want to target what they're going to learn, not force them to learn it, but kind of target the things that can help our community out. I don't know if that would go over well with everybody, but that's just my little thought process. With the with where, the, where, I mean, I agree, Kevin. Like, if we're going to talk about rep, you know reparations and making sure black prosperity you know uh, exists and grows, like we have to bring education to the forefront in general, right? Because we have a bunch of educational systems in several uh, parts of every state that does not have proper funding, does not have the proper, you know, technology and resources that people would need in order to get the so-called quality education, right? And so, yes, we have to tackle that. We also have to tackle, like, what are we teaching? Like you said, like, what are we teaching? Are we preparing them for Um, The jobs that we have now Or are are we just preparing them For a robotic situation Um, Because we also Have to look at the standpoint too Like everybody is not going to go to College right and that's realistic Right but are we helping those People to identify Other forms of employment where they can Live a successful life You know so we have to tackle that as well Too Okay well you Can I, can, yeah. I, can I say yeah. this real quick? Um, and this is not the most popular opinion, but, I mean, it just kind of is what it is. If you give $350,000 over a 10- to 20-year period to any consumer mm-hmm. base, what you're going to do is you're going to drive up the market mm-hmm. value. All of, of your costs of living are going to go up. All of your Mm -hmm. products and goods and services are going to go up. And then there's always, there's always the issue of who gets it, who gets it. Because then all of a sudden you're going to see an uptick in um, in, in people from other communities getting a 23andMe test and saying, oh, I'm 2% African. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, they've already done that. They've already done it with Native Americans. So. You know so, so here's yeah. a, here's the solution. Here, here, well, here's my solution, you know, and and everybody <laughs> has their own individual thoughts on this. First, I don't think mm-hmm. it to be it to slavery. There were no records kept, and there's no way, unfortunately, um I don't particularly trust a company that's been a a country that's been able to spend everything that they have quote unquote, given to its citizens. Uh, since the Constitution was written, so it's a very big gray area when you put that through the guise of American descendants of slavery. It is much mm-hmm. more clear. Much clearer when you put it through the descendants of Jim right. Crow. That's a very clear delineation. Mm. Yeah, yeah. For us, our parents. And are our grandparents. Trick. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Our parents yes. and our grandparents. These are experience Jim Crow, which was mm-hmm. just as damaging as, as most of the other mm-hmm. atrocities that have happened to African Americans throughout history. So I think you yes. start here. That's the first place. The second place, I think that funding, first, equal funding to all of our universities. One of the biggest problems that I have with government right. funding of schools is that HBCUs get X amount of dollars when they are a public or state school, it makes no sense to me. I think that across the board, now we can have the argument for private colleges, if you are a state-funded school, there's no reason that Georgia State should be getting more money than Alabama State. Right, Right. There's no reason that uh, that Mississippi State should be getting more than Alcorn State. There's no reason that Louisiana State should be getting more than Southern or Grambling State. When you are state funded, there should be an equal disbursement of funds Mm -hmm. across the board. Again, we can make Mm -hmm. an argument for private colleges, but there should be equal funding across the board. What it then takes is a concerted effort from our HBCUs to say, okay, we have way too many majors right now, and some of those majors are underperforming. One of the biggest disconnects when it comes to HBCUs and the black community is, to, to Kevin Al's point, That not everyone Is going to college But if there is a healthy amount Of funding into trade programs At those same HBCUs Now we can get into this Because now that young man That wants to get a trade In something like forklifting or HVAC Can go to an HBCU and they can get an affordable education to go into a trade that is going to be a transferable skill that they can use to generate funds for the rest of their life. They can that go is to correct. Uh, Jackson State <clears throat> and be a plumber. They can go to uh, Xavier or Dillard or whatever the case and be uh, a, a dental assistant. You get what I mean? And, and that at yeah. that point, now you have people who are working. There are 4 million unfilled trade jobs. In the United States, right, mm-hmm. now that pays on the low end fifty thousand. So we're talking about the mid five figures going into the low six figures. What what type of influx could that be for the black community? But mm. one one thing before we move on, I was going to say this too, Nick. You're right. There's a lot of unskilled. There's a lot of skilled jobs and 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 other types skilled jobs that are on field. But the thing is. Like we, we, I mentioned it on the show a while ago. When the last time y'all seen like bricklayers and, and seen a black crew? I've only seen that once, and I was shocked to see them. There's no carpenters, no plumbers, no electricians. All these things are things that we can actually start in and eventually own. Mm-hmm. If you got yep. your own company, <laughs> think about it. We get the reparation, and we're allowed to get allowed to get that uh, that reparation we don't have the resources at that particular point to fund our business
0: because you yeah. have that money yeah. coming
1: in as a secondary means, and then yeah. you'll have the company that you own as your first means of uh, of, mm-hmm. of, of of income. So yeah. I don't know if they would give it to us because if some people out there truly thinking, man, we have Black Wall Street. Leave it, I'm going to leave it at I that. Mean, Go ahead, brother. I mean, yeah, you, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're right. So, like, the question is, like, what are those resources that we can get? To increase our wealth, like you name some, right? Those, um, you know, carpentry, you know, brick you know, construction, things like that. Um, there are other resources out there as well, too, that we can get into, um, and, yep. you know, to bring to our community. One of the, you know, great things that Nick brought up on the show was, you know, the buyblack.com. You know, like buyblack.com got mm-hmm. tons of resources, right? That we, we buy black. use.
0: We buy black.
1: Excuse me. We buy black.com. Excuse me, my people. Um, like we like we have those resources. How can we get that on a level in which that it works for all of us? How can we get get it to that level? How can we get those resources there? Hmm.
0: And that's, that's exactly what we have to do.
1: because like yeah, think, of, think, I mean, of, right. think of think of where we get our resources now, right? And think of who controls uh-huh. those particular resources. Yeah, we don't, don't own nothing. Don't, the only thing that we have brain. out there is black farmers. Mm. We got black farmers, mm. but when the last time we we were able to buy directly from them? Matter of fact, Nick, can we buy directly from black farmers in every state? Absolutely. Absolutely. How do we Absolutely. go about doing that? Because I, I know terrible. you've talked about that before. Well, the first thing you, you have to do is you have to find those farmers. That's the first thing. Uh, generally, what happens is, you know, you can go um, if they if, if that is something that they have as a part of their business model, you can go and purchase goods there. And I know actually several people, just even in my neighborhood. As a matter of fact, my um, right, my cousin's godmother does that. She goes up to a black farmer, she buys her goods there, she comes back down, and she resells them. And she does a wonderful job, uh, uh, Wonderful financially. Uh, during the season um, I think one of the better ways To do it because Black people, black neighborhoods Disproportionately have food deserts. So at that point I think it's really incumbent on us To reach out to those black farmers And establish with some of this land that we do have And, and, and we are mm-hmm. able to access We need to be having There's no reason that if you're in a black neighborhood That you should not be Having some type of um, Farmers market once a week, where people can right. go and they can buy fresh foods and fresh vegetables. And uh, I mean, it, it 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 the access is there. We just have to be we have to be conscious of the effort. You know, if, mm, if right. you know if, if, if you know the pastor of such and such church in your neighborhood, go talk to them. Hey, can we use the back lot on Saturdays? Look, we'll make a donation to the church once a month. Um. You know, and and we'll let's get some tents, let's set, get some tables, and let's have a farmers market so we can help to get some of because that also goes into our health. You know, yes, we're disproportionately affected by diabetes. Our, we've mm-hmm. had eating mm-hmm. habits that have been, you know, since since we got here from just being forced to make do with whatever we had. Right. Well, yeah. Looking to see if there are, uh, and and I know it sounds today sounds like I'm just dropping you know, places for people to go and everything, but no it's, it's only no, those because are the there resources. are resources out there. Uh right. just in my hometown, Gulfport, uh Mississippi, there's thirty fourth Street Holistic Garden where you can go and buy a lot of land and farm and and, and, and grow food there. You know, wow. you can grow fruit yeah. and vegetables there. And I mean it's very affordable. I wanna say it's like twenty five bucks a year and it's black owned. <laughs> Do you get <laughs> what I mean? And, yeah, and you can go there and you can farm, and you can grow, and you can learn how to grow. These are resources that are here and they're available. We just have to be conscious about going after them. You you just every time you go into Walmart and you see that that uh, that cucumber there, and you're like, man, the price is too high for that. Think about that the next time. Or if you go to the, the grocery store that's in your neighborhood that that doesn't have all of those things, and you're wondering well, why are you even here? Who owns this grocery store? Do they right. employ people of this neighborhood? Do they contribute man. to? Do they contribute to this neighborhood, or do they just open their doors, make their money from this neighborhood, and then take their money somewhere else? That's that's real. And, and man, and like, y'all... go ahead, G. Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying that. I was just saying, like, you know, when Nick was speaking about, like, grocery stores, right? Like, think about how many... Like, think about when we were coming up, Kev, like, you know, in the neighborhood in which we grew up in, right? We had two stores within um, maybe two blocks. Walking. If yeah, not walking mistaken, dishes. they were, like... <laughs> right. They were, like, black-owned, right? And so, uh, yeah, well, what yeah. if, like, those... What if those people were actually, you know, to come together and actually make an actual grocery store? I think with the, the volume of people that we had living at that time and even stopping through at that store, like kept those stores g- going because those stores are still there to this day. You know, 30 years later, those probably longer than that. I'm just speaking from my time frame. But well, 30 years later, only, so yeah, only one of them. Still there. Yeah, one, one of them closed down, but. You know, to your point, man, there was another one. There was three stores actually in that area. Uh a li- mm-hmm. one a little bit before your time. It was a black owned grocery store. I remember my grandfather used to go in there and uh him and the guy knew each other, and Nick, you probably seen this before too. He would go in, get everything you need, he would give him a note. And the note basically is when I get paid, I'm gonna come back and pay you. That's right. You know, mm-hmm. he'll let you yeah. come in, get your yeah. stuff and go yeah. on about your business. Uh, I owe you. Yeah. Yep. And, and so see, I the mean They, they had their relationship even, even if it's not black owned if There is nothing wrong with holding people accountable For what they're doing for the community The grocery store that exactly. was in my neighborhood Growing up uh, It was called Gamble's It was owned by a, a, a white man named David Gamble And he was he was white But you know what Everybody in that store was from the neighborhood My first job was there mm. Most of my friends we all worked there He made an investment into the neighborhood you know, he sponsored our our baseball team. He gave money to our churches. He made an actual right. investment into the neighborhood. So it's not even just necessarily about being black owned, but who is supporting our community? Who is yeah. knowing that in their place they are making money off of our community and they're making a sound investment back into the community. Because one thing I will say about that store that store was protected. People did not break into that store, did not try to rob that store because they knew, right. hey, my little sister works there. My little cousin works there. My mom works there. No, you're not about to go in there and you're not about to uh, to kick in any doors, man, because
0: so that man.
1: place is making sure that my mama has food on the table, literally and figuratively. Mm. Mm. If you make that investment you... back into the community, the community will take care of you. I think that that's a part of the substance where we, like you said, Nick, we need to hold them accountable. Anybody in our neighborhood, you know, don't come around and, and just basically just taking money out of our community and circulating it everywhere else. You know, that's right. not something and that has to too. stop. Yes, yeah. that, that goes for the yeah. black folks too, because I'm sorry, all skin folk ain't folks. And the reality is yeah. this if you are a detriment to the, the neighborhood, I know that everybody's like, man, I don't snitch, I don't snitch. If you are a detriment to the neighborhood, Black or white, you gotta go. It you needs to go. happen. Hurt. It needs That's to hurt. happen. But you know, I'm i so, what I what I was just kind of thrown off by Al just a moment ago mm-hmm. was, you know, I'm looking at now for everybody, give them the website again, Nick. What's the website? We buy black dot com. There there are a couple things about the website real quick before you go forward, okay. Actually, right now okay. what they're doing, and I think this will be a great way to start off, they have something called the Big Black Bag. And that's, you can get a bag of the top-rated black-owned products, including a free uh, We Buy Black T-shirt. Uh, and it just, it's, it's it's like a sample bag of all of the products that they have there. And and that's a good way to start and just see what kind of products they are. Uh, so, and, and they're actually in the process. They did their first round of funding last year. They're actually in the process of starting up a it's called Soul Food Market. It's a, it's going to mm. be a, a, a natural wow. store, very similar to an Earth Fair or or Whole Foods Market, the whole nine. They did their first round of wow. um, funding uh, via crowdfunding, and they purchased the building in Atlanta, and uh, they're getting ready to do their second round of funding. It was going to start right before everything happened with COVID, so to do all the renovations. Uh, but I mean, it's going to be black product producers in this store. You know, black farmers, black uh, holistic items, you know, creators. Man, that's dope. All of that, you know. And, and what I Very would love most. to see for it eventually is, I would love to see, much like Whole Foods and Earth Fair and, and all these other places, do it. that we do see a chain of these. A soul food market in yeah. Birmingham, a soul food market in Macon, in Montgomery, and Gulfport, and yep. Jackson, New Orleans, and just so forth and so forth. The, there are works. people that are making those strides. I think we mm-hmm. need to support them. You know, again, Y'all have screwed off. Like, let's be honest. Even even a broke person screwed off like three hundred dollars a month. Speak on it, it. Speak on it. Speak on it. Speak on it. You know. Uh, you know. We're talking. We, look at this point. We don't have. We, we can't be PC about it. You know. Call the weed man one less time this month, and just put some money <laughs> towards. You know something that could. Something that could, That's an investment. You know. That's yeah. That an is. investment for all you areas where they are um, also voting on whether or not to legalize weed. You know. This is the time. To get in on Canada. Mm-hmm. this is the time that weed yes, man that's been the community for all those years. You know that person needs to get his business together so he can apply for a license for for dispensary. The should it they should be exactly. in that area? So you already know the dispensary that we have already been locked out of, and we have been the the, the biggest mm-hmm. victim. Yes, of the incarceration of based mm-hmm. on marijuana. So you know it's right. just time, it's, it's time to kind of shift focus on that. I agree. I um, agree. Now the, now one thing I want to bring to y'all attention, we were just talking about black farmers and I I just did a quick mm-hmm. search real quick. And there's a website called shopblack.usa. And a shop with a p e, shop p e black.us. That right there. Hey, I'm I'm gonna show you, there's a, a black owned farmer around not too far from me. And I need to be wow. shopping with these people. And I mean literally they're in my same town. And see and see oh, I think I think that's the thing too, Kevin. I think it's that like either we don't know or we as a business um maybe we don't have the financial means to get our business out there like it should because if he's not too close by you there's no reason why all the black people in your area don't know about this particular guy or know it's where they can get it. some fresh you know vegetables and fruit from And so like, I think that's another You know part of it as well too Is the um, Maybe the connectability um, You know the access uh, To people the access To making sure that your brand Gets out there but also too Let's speak back on the word support Like Nick was saying um, You know we got to find more ways If we're saying we're going to Find more ways to You um, Reassure that the money is circling back to us Like we have to make sure that we're Spending our money where we need to be Spending and when it's time To support our people like We do need to support But I think that I think it's a situation of Man I'm trying to describe The feeling of you know how The standpoint Of a guy trying to hand you his mixtape And then Mm. You kind of look (laughs) at it sideways that's the feeling yeah. that I'm trying to describe in which I think some of our, you know, people who need the support are are getting that same treatment. So one of the biggest part. that? one of the biggest things one, one the biggest thing, even with us shopping with each other, man, we gotta recondition ourselves number one. Um, when you shop with black people, you can't go in and say these people are too high or they cost too much. Because you gotta think you go. about it. They're actually if they're not a change. They're going to pay more for those items to be able to resell it to you at a smaller markup, to you as a larger markup. Mm-hmm. Now, if you go to McDonald's, they buy millions of patties for millions of stores. But if you got Miss Jones over here making hamburgers and she's buying them right. from the local spots, mm-hmm. she's going to have to pay for that and be able to make a profit. She can't feed you at the bottom line cost. So if you well, look at it, when you spend money with them, eventually, the more you spend with them, the more they'll be able to buy the more they can look at their price and fluctuate it when they need to.
0: But how, so can, they there's, there's there's a,
1: how well, can they get but their was support? How can they get their support, though? Say, here's the thing, and this is the part, because I know we have quite a few business owners who also listen to the show. This is where I'm talking to you. This is where cooperative economics comes into play. Because mm. if you if, – let's say – let's use an example – Kevin has a, uh, a wing spot. I've got a wing spot. Al's got a wing spot. Now, we know that we're not hitting the threshold to get X amount of goods for this price. And, but we're all in the same industry. There is no reason that as business owners, Kevin, Alan, and myself should not come together, go back to that same distributor and say, listen, we're going to make a larger purchase because we're purchasing for all three of us. But in order to do this, mm. we need a price break. I guarantee you yep. they will. They do it all the time. Yeah. So Correct. there are plenty of industries that are, you know, plenty of black business owners in a specific area that are within the same industry. Cooperative economics mm-hmm. has to come into play. Mm-hmm. In California, actually, there is a uh, an organization called the, it's called BAPSA, the Black-Owned Beauty Supply Store Association. That's one of the main things that they do. They buy and they buy in bulk and they buy together and they get those price breaks, which means you can lower your prices a bit to be competitive in the market. Now, there's a second part to that. as consumers, you cannot throw the baby out with the bathwater. If you have a bad experience right. with a black owned business, you can't say, well, this is why I don't shop black owned No, because you don't right. do that. You don't do that with McDonald's. Now, you go to McDonald's every day. You sure and, and don't. Every yeah. day. The ice cream machine's been broke at McDonald's since 1996. <laughs> going back. And y'all still right. going in there. So yep. it's the same thing. Now, there's nothing wrong with saying, look, I have no problem going to a black business and saying, hey, man, you know, my, my customer service, it, it really wasn't because I'm a big customer service is a big thing for me. Hey, yes, it, really, it really wasn't that hot this time around. I'm still going to give you a try, you know, but, you know, can okay, you kind of beat that up for me? Now, if they choose not to, then I can simply stop as a consumer consuming that black business. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to X out every other black business around. And that's the mentality. that all... have to get out of it. Nick, also, don't go back and tell everybody you know just because your experience was bad to say, hey, don't go shop with him. Because you're cutting off right. possible clients for that person. The only thing you have to do is say, hey, this is what I experienced. If you go there, hopefully you experience something different. I choose to spend my money with another brother. That's just as simple as it get because when we sit up there and close off a whole business, that business drive to die. Plus, you have to give that person enough time to improve on the things. Like Nick said, go in with constructive criticism, not going in, hey, man, you suck. Your service suck. Your food suck your building nasty Man. blah 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 you can sit back and tell these people something without being ignorant and ugly and that's Why, real cuz you also got to think right and then you also got to think too like your experience will possibly stop 25 to 50 more people from coming you know that could possibly have a better experience um you know also too like 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 nick said you know what i'm saying like your bad apple can't spoil it for everybody else and the mentality of, um, like, that whole quote, which is, um, this is why, you know, I have a hard time supporting black business or, you know, I try to do right by my people, but they always do me wrong. Like, go back and provide that constructive criticism or just make a call or send them an email or find another service to, you know, meet your particular need. But I think, like, w- when we say things like that, like, we're putting things in, in the air that ruin it for everybody else too, and we don't need to like put that, that out there like that. You know what I'm saying? Um, I see we got a caller. Let's go ahead, bring in our caller.
0: Hey, what's going it on, city out of Phoenix? What's going on, fellas and ladies? What's going um, on, bro? Man, another day in paradise. Uh, you know, I hear y'all talk business and stuff. See, whoa. My issue with black people in business is that we're so hard on each other. It could be like you get three mm-hmm. ice cubes instead of four, and you want to go and yell for somebody. That's why you don't do black business. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, let's say like a black restaurant. I got my door that's coming from this black chicken sandwich spot. They got the off the chain, right? But uh, <laughs> as you come in a few moments. But if they run out of something, that's because they're mom and pop. They ain't red lobster or Applebee's right out of something. It's because we don't have the distribution, the farm, and things of that sort. And a lot of times, you got to start your business on money. But I hate it how that mm-hmm. we be so hard on each other, mm-hmm. bad mouth each yep. other in public. But, right. but we'll, we'll but steady, with a smile on our faces, take Chinese food behind bulletproof glass. Uh, or like. <laughs> We all seen that stuff and no see even sit down in, but in bad service on these places. It's like, look, you see these videos of black women getting beaten up at these snail shops or like black people getting mm-hmm. follow around these stores. but we stay to go there. for if someone takes five extra minutes on an order, we ready to cut the black person. That's how we going to do right. black business. And that, and what right. happens is you only learn how to run a business and restaurants successfully by running it and making your mistake, It's because, yep. cause like, out here in the Phoenix area, we got this Harold Chicken at the Chicago chain. Y'all probably know about that. And, uh, yeah, off the chain. Right? I draw, like, 25 minutes to get it, right? And, uh, <laughs> but they messed up my order. The food was good. The lady gave me, like, a couple of free sodas to kind of, like, make up for it, but I wasn't even tripping. So I was like, hey, the food was good. I ain't going to mouth them. I'll come back again when I'm in the area. And I'll say this one last thing. There's a fine dining spot by the base here in the Phoenix area, the Air Force Base. It's a black-owned fine dining spot. This black lady owns it. I used to go once a month when I used to live in the area. And she actually remembered me because I would go on my birthday She get a free dessert. And so, so so we have to keep taking care of our own and passing it on because we don't right. have, like, like the guy who started Chipotle, a daddy long loan you $70,000.
1: Right. You know, we
0: don't have that. And so, the best right. thing we could do is support each other. Smith. All, right. hey, All right, thank you. Hey,
1: Smitty. Smitty, I got a quick question because I'm pretty sure you remember this place. Do you remember Calhoun Foods? Oh, Montgomery, Alabama. Man, Calhoun, I used to go to school with a the son. They had a hell of a run, too. Exactly. That was what I was just about to say. Calhoun Foods was the largest black owned grocery chain in the country. Mm. Calhoun Foods had its issues. Yeah, it did, as most businesses do. What I hated, when I, cause when I got there in 98, there were still quite a few in the area. People would say, oh, I didn't like my experience there. This is why I don't support any of them. Instead of just going to them and saying, hey, this is my experience. And, and, and instead of hoping to try to improve it, it's just let me tear it down. I'm going to go to Winn-Dixie. I'm going to go to Walmart. Mm. I'm going to go to this. Well, here's the thing about Calhoun food. Calhoun, Calhoun Foods also had more black grocery store managers at a salary rate than any of the major chains. Any of the major mm-hmm. chains. Wow. More salary managers than any of the major chains. It employed people from the neighborhood. What happens to mm-hmm. those jobs when you all of a sudden throw the
0: baby out with the bathwater? You know, and no so else now what happened? Yeah, go ahead. I'll say this. And like being from there and I still go like once a year. I ain't gonna lie, when they got the off the chain check sodas, though. So I ain't gonna lie to you, they off the chain, but uh <laughs> but <laughs> but but you're right, If, like employing and what happened to black businesses, you employ black people. Like my stepfather, right? He own auto shop for like about thirty some years now. His brother got caught up on a manslaughter charge, right? Did like ten years, he got out. He's worked. For, he'd been working for my stepfather as his brother for, like, five, almost 20 years now. I ain't heard of peep. I got family members who got jobs working for black businesses that got out the pen. You make a mistake, you're able to bounce back also and get that job. You know a lot of brothers go to jail. They want to have a job, and they come out. They want to right. work. Uh, and that black business is that conduit to give them that job. Or even the 16-year-old boy who lives, like, in the neighborhood, who wants a job after school, buy mm-hmm. himself a little shoe, mm-hmm. not ask to money mm-hmm. all the time, take his little girlfriend mm-hmm. to Chili's, you know? And and mm-hmm. those things like that are what the a business they Because Calhouns 'cause because I remember like out here, they got like a lot of Asian like a lot, a lot it's a milk pot. So you got like Middle Eastern grocery stores. But there's Asian grocery stores. I think it's Vietnamese. And everybody who worked there, except for the one white guy cut meat, was that nationality. The kids was at the cash register and bagging groceries. So their kids yep. had some kind of job coming and making them feel they could do things. That's, why, that's one reason we should have these black businesses, because that's a good way, because let's be honest here. They ain't hiring our children. Black children have, especially yep. black male children, have got really high unemployment rate. They trying. And that you should be able to have those jobs where you can do those little things to make yourself feel like a man. Because we all had high school jobs. i say this real quick. We all had jobs after school or high school. Look how it made us feel as men coming up. You're not having to ask your mom and daddy for $20 every time. And, and right. those things like that will probably keep those kids out of trouble. Maybe able to help right. mom and daddy out if they hit a rough path.
1: Oh, man. In- increasing all type of responsibility. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, your eagerness mm-hmm. for yourself to want more. You know what I'm saying, like you know, mm-hmm. having that that uh, like that pride to show that, hey, mom, I got it this time. You know what I'm saying? I could I can do it myself. You know, because like yes, most definitely. And we need to have more resources or more uh, more avenues for our kids to be able to get this particular you know knowledge and training. And <laughs> uh, because like once they become you know many adults, and which some of us look at them as like you know because we put them to work. You know, because if we're at home and we watch the TV. You know, we want them to get the remote, so that's a job for them anyway. But you know, we want them to have um, some form of skill in which they can understand money, they can understand spending, they can understand saving, and understand pride of having something for your own as well too, and growing it. Definitely growing. And it, it. gives them experience. It gives them experience. Yeah. I, I was yeah. looking at demos dot org, and you know, black workers make up of eleven re- percent of the retail labor force in the country. Mm. but they're just 6% of managers. Mm. Now, let's think about this. Just like they, just like he was saying, at that Asian-owned superstore, uh, supermarket, that child working the register at a young age, probably knowing every aspect of that store and more than likely will take over that store one day as the owner, but even if they went on to another establishment, they've got enough experience where they can come in as management. Yep. And trust me, when it comes to management and retail, a lot of people try to look at retail like it's dead end job. Yeah. Those uh, those managers like over at, at Family Dollar, those store managers making are, are, are making sixty four, sixty five thousand dollars a year. I know folks with masters degrees that's not making sixty four, sixty five thousand dollars a year. <laughs> Do you hey, get what hey I mean? Nick Nick, there, Nick Smith, I got, I got something I wanna to bring to the to the whole conversation. I just wanted. to I mean, everything we're talking about, even just reminiscing on how businesses were when we were younger, how, how it helped out the community, and we saw the end, the tail end of it. We didn't get the chance to experience what our grandparents experienced with, you know, everybody in the neighborhood knowing everybody, all the store owners know everybody mm-hmm. and the doctors and everybody still lived in the community. We mm-hmm. didn't experience that. We're looking at the youth right now. We're looking at the community as it is right now how can we truly get our community to participate in the thought process of self-wealth building and community building? Because I'm just looking at if we did let everybody say, hey, man, let's get these black kids in here and let's get them some jobs, or let's get these adults over here and let's get them some jobs, let's bring these jobs in here, and we start creating. If we did get reparation, that's a key factor. If we did get reparation how will we make sure and ensure that our
0: people, number
1: one, will recycle that money,
0: number right, two, back
1: participate the- in it, mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. can we get that across this whole country? How can we make something like that happen? Because right now, the only thing we look at is our politicians come in, they tell us some BS, they promise us a whole gang of things, but we're still in the same position as we've been over the last past 40, to 50 years. So how can we Possibly put this in our people mind and say, "Hey, look! If you want to build your community up, community up, this is what we have to do. And are you willing to do it?
0: It's pride. What happens is, it's not like a family business, right? You gotta have pride oh. in that family business. And um, right on. I use one. I use one example. The WWE, for example. Vince Jr. borrowed from his daddy for like a couple bucks, right? Daddy moved on. But his daddy said, keep all these guys on who helped me make it to the WWF or whatever. And many kids are wanting to continue that as well. And they're putting their family into it. And so what happens is is that I think a lot of times our kids don't have – we haven't taught that concept of legacy. And also Mm -hmm. about about like – because the concept of legacy is how we – look how we happen to most of our families. We just happen to become parents a lot of times, and then worry about it later. It's all about planning in life. You got to have a legacy. You got to have a pride in that business. Be like, hey, my father built this, my mother built this, and I want to continue that. But I, I, I think that part of it as well, and stop looking at everything as a quick buck. A business takes time. Mm-hmm. A business takes a lot of hardship, a lot of saying told no, a lot of, right? You know, you, you may hit a bankruptcy or whatever. Because if your business is profitable, you look. Donald Trump is, is, a, is a plum idiot, right? But he, he is where he is because of his daddy. The Bushes are because right. of their daddy. Hillary Clinton right. is where she is, man, because of her daddy putting her on. And like a lot of these corporations, see, they run by white people, their parents invested the money or loaned them the money to get started. And that mm-hmm. we, yeah. and that maybe, I, if I, I don't have children, but let's say if I did, If I had something, they may make – I want them to make more than me and continue it, and I want to be able to say $10,000. I'm just using a number. They get started Mm -hmm. and feel something to see that snowball for their family. They had that pride and that money and all that stuff. Yeah, and and, and
1: to take that that point a bit further, when we send our children – to these lovely universities
0: to get mm-hmm. this
1: wonderful education mm-hmm. we need to invest in them coming back if you do own that corner store first and foremost don't try don't give your child a limit that's the first thing right yeah. and when I say don't give them a limit, the business is just not performing yeah you would love for them to take it over and use that wonderful education to take the business to height you know unbeknownst. But don't tell them, oh, yeah, one day when I'm through with this, then you can have it. Then you can take it over. Give your child some dividends. Let that child actually see some money coming in from that business. Because our children will have different visions than we do. Our children will have different dreams than we do. Mm -hmm. But I think they will have – I'm pretty sure they will have a vested interest in making that business better because they know, okay, if I know I'm getting – $50 Fifty dollars in dividends per month from my dad or my mom's business. Well, what can I do to help the business to increase the bi- the dividends that I actually get? Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. You know, think about it like this: the children and grandchildren of Sam Walton, I'm pretty sure, all have all of their individual dreams and aspirations. But they made sure that Walmart was straight first, because that's yeah. every single thing that they want to do. They don't have to mm-hmm. bootstrap every single thing that they want to do. They take care of their family business first, like somebody said, a legacy, you know, a, a, a dynasty, if you will. You know, so mm-hmm. th- we have to start being a lot more trans. for those of us who are business owners. We have to be a lot more transparent with our children if, in fact, you do want them to take over your business one day. You can't just keep everything in-house. I make all the decisions. I do this. I do that. I do this. I do that. I reap all the benefits until I'm ready to put the business to the side, and now you can take it over. They've got no interest in it. That's real. Mm-hmm. Too late. That's real. They, too late. They, they, they have real. Hey fellas. Uh, That's fellas real. Fellas, before we go, Smitty, are you still on with us, Smitty? I think he over there eating that Harold chicken. <laughs> Smitty. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, was we'll chicken. He yeah. eating that Harold chicken. Yeah. I was going to ask him to give a shout-out to that restaurant in Arizona, man. You know, we have a lot of travelers. And a lot of people that go across the country, you never know, might touch down their things. might need to go Word. out there and get some of that food. So, I mean, if you're, if you're listening to the Middleman Talk Show, you know any black businesses, we do not mind you shouting them out. We have that. We don't mind doing that. If it's your business, shout it out. We need probably need to spend money with you anyway. So mm-hmm. do Word. that. Go on our Facebook page. Come on air with us. Tell us about your business. Tell us what you got going on, especially if the show is fitting the topics. And that's right, that we've talked about today. We have placed them in the Middleman Talk Show Facebook group. So, guys, make sure if you are not a member of the Middleman Talk Show Facebook group that you go ahead and join. It's really easy to join. Just click that join button. Myself, Al, Kev, Jen will let you in. There are a lot of great resources there. There are a lot of great articles and everything that we talk about on the show. We put in the Facebook group as well, so join the discussion. Yes, sir. Man, the only thing, please, I, I would I would like to allow I would like to allow people posting on our site, but don't get on that spamming. Please don't spam. You can post. <laughs> we want to approve it or not approve it. Meaningful don't information. Spam. Meaningful yes, information. As well. Shouts out to the uh, Cotton Kings. Matter of fact. Shout out to Chuckie Charles, because he gave us a dope intro, and that thing is bumping. My phone speaker sounded like it was about to come out my head. <laughs> 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 Most definitely. Hit. Oh, yeah. Great show, Al. But, man, uh, yeah, I'm going to give me some vegetables at this garden here soon, sir. Man, do that, and let us know your experience, yeah. man. Now, I see, yeah, I've been around it's the corner good. from you all these years. I, I know. Man, don't rub it in. Please don't rub it in, because I feel bad <laughs> as it is, man. It, <laughs> I'm just saying, brother. It's a matter of fact, I posted up on our Facebook page. It's the ultimate list of black-owned farms and food gardens. Shop black, and it's shop with a P-E, black. It's on our Facebook page. Make sure you check that out. Absolutely. All right. Well, hey, one up, one down. Uh, Jim, we hey, hope you're babe. doing well out there. Look forward to seeing you next week, hopefully next week. Uh, well, not hopefully. We will have a show for you guys next week that's going to be very informative. Uh, we definitely look out for the home ownership show that is coming. Uh, the series is called, again, Nick. American Dream. Put you on the spot. I had to put you on the spot.
0: <laughs> American Dream. Well,
1: American uh, Dream. And, and, again, it's, 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 a, it's a multi-part series uh, where we will be going into essentially all these things that we've been told you know, for generations that this is the American dream. This is how you get it. Quite frankly, there are some things that are no longer relevant. There were some things that were incorrect. We want to break those things down, but we feel that not just all of our listeners, but everybody who's not even listening to this show should have access to the things that make this quote-unquote American dream work. So if you are a Mm -hmm. listener, we want to make sure that please share the show. Make sure you share it with a friend. Send it in Facebook. Send it via text send it in a Facebook group that you're in. If you have a suggestion mm-hmm. for a show, if you're in a Facebook group about a certain topic and you'd like to hear The Middleman do a show about it, please send that to us. You can hit us up on Facebook. You can email us at wearethemiddleman at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Trust me, we're always taking suggestions for the shows, and if you guys really knew how many shows that you suggested that we actually did, it will blow your mind. We're just not that cool. great. Right.
0: <laughs>
1: Most definitely. And shout I'm, out to no, Bill. Hear no, me, no, me no, out. you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah shout out to me a lot, man. Me out. Me out. I'm hear me out. Hear me out, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward man. to a new show from him. And of course, guys, I got to yeah. say this be the last thing I say before the show ends and I'll shut up. Guys, support black media. These types of discussions are not happening on MSNBC. Mm-hmm. They're not happening on CNN. They're not, They're not even happening not. on your local news. Mm-hmm. Support black media, whether it's the Middleman Talk Show, whether it's Karen Hunter, whether it's Hear me out, you know, with, no matter what, support black media. The, this is where, this is the safe space for these type of conversations to have the nuanced and actionable steps that we can take in order to move our community forward. Man. And get your get your Naga, me, NAGA membership, get your N-A-A-G-A membership. I don't want y'all to think I'm saying a bad name. National <laughs> African American <laughs> Gun Association. Yeah, Absolutely. Shout out yeah, get it. You gotta get that. Shout out to uh, Jonathan Duo, man. Great podcast. All my podcasts. I told y'all, link with us. Share your stuff. We gon' you share our stuff. We're gonna do that. So get with us. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Take take it on, man. man. Hey, thank you for taking an hour today to listen to the Little Man Talk Show. We will be back, of course, every Sunday at six PM Eastern time, five PM Central. So, add us to your podcast list. And check us out, man, every Sunday. We always have something that we're going to bring to you to enlighten you or educate you or have a great discussion on. So we really appreciate everybody who called in today, and thank you for taking the time out. We out. Hey, man, this, this thing right here bumping so hard. Put it in your car.